I was so wrong. Vin Diesel was so right. <laughs> Vin, if you're listening, you were so right. I was so wrong. I'm an idiot. Today, I have Randy Greenberg on to talk about being a member of the new movement in the social media space. And he's going to talk a little bit about his app and his movement and a lot of his prior experience. Hey, Brody, thanks for having me. More people use and watch user-generated video than they do scripted all day long. I've been a producer on four movies. The Meg 2 comes out August 2nd. That's the next movie that comes out of mine. Uh, first TV show I did is the one behind me, um, Tale Dark and Grim came out in October of 21. It's on Netflix. I spent 20 years, 20 plus years in the inter uh, in the studio system running the international theatrical units of two different studios and sitting on the Greenlight Committee. And I saw how projects got made and why they got made financially and uh, because of the talent and all that kind of stuff. But the rise of YouTube and, you know, Facebook and Instagram and and TikTok and Snapchat and all the other social media outlets that are out there. They're not just in the United States, but everywhere in the world. And there's a lot more in the rest of the world than there are here. That, um, you know, this generation of 20, you know, between the ages of 10 and 25 and 30, two, gener two three generations. Like there's, the, the, you know, the genie doesn't go back in the bottle. And social media is where it's at. And, and if you haven't harnessed and figured out how to live your life with social media and or live with social media or create something in social media like you know it's going to be really hard to to you know to make a living and to you know have a career and and um and and do the things that you want to do in your life if you're not harnessing the energy of it or or the industry of it or the financing or the finances uh, that come with it so um you know I, I i pivoted um a little while back and and while i still do entertainment I uh, started this uh, website or this app uh, called Hypespace, H-Y-Y-P-E dot space. Um, and it's really meant, to, it, it's, a, it's MarTech and social media. It's uh, it, over the last couple of years, what's been trending on TikTok have been the hashtag challenges, right? Whatever it is. And I always kind of looked around when I was looking at, you know, like, you know, somebody over here did did the did whatever the challenge was. Somebody over here did it. Somebody over here did it. Somebody over there did it. And but they're all not connected, right? It's only the hashtag, whatever the you know name of the challenge is. And I thought it'd be really cool if we could put it all in one place, and and so that everybody was connected in kind of a community-oriented uh, atmosphere, and 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 you could set it up where. It could be really Martech. Like there's 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 marketing technology within it that it could be used for marketing and social media. It could be used for brands and influencers and charities and government organizations and parent organizations and teachers and like that anybody could use it. And uh, but where it was 100% moderated and and therefore protected of both the people that were using it, the u the users, which we call members. It doesn't cost anything to join, but nobody likes to be called a user i mean members is such a better term and um and, and where brands and influences and charities and such that they could be protected by using it as well if you had to sum up like just in in like a couple sentences what what is um what is the kind of impetus and the uh the need in the industry that you saw that told you it's it's time to pivot i've got to i've got to get out of my thinking of like the usual way of doing things because i feel like i feel like that's undervalued um and that's not talked about enough i think a lot of people get very stuck in like a set way of doing things that's proven to work in the past uh what was it yep. that just told you it's time i've got to pivot now hey it's your host brody vinson Thanks so much again for tuning into Profession Session. And if you're enjoying this podcast, learning anything, please don't forget to subscribe or leave a review if you're listening on audio. Helps so much for growing the show and getting new and better content and better guests on. Thanks and back to the show. That's a really good question. Um, and one that nobody's ever asked me, so kudos. Um, I, think that, I think the one thing for me is that 
that, that one thing that's always there is change. The clock doesn't stop for any of us, right? None, none of us get out of here alive and the clock doesn't stop for any of us. And, and the industry that I came into in entertainment has changed dramatically. Uh, in many ways good and in many ways bad. And, and, but just changed. I've always been looking for marketing, new marketing stuff. Uh, things that really change the game in marketing. I've been the head of marketing and distribution at two studios in international. Uh, we were at the forefront of Junkets, um, which is bringing all sorts of journalists and all the talent together in one space. And that was ages ago. And now that happens all the time um, and has been happening. But internationally, it, it didn't happen in, in, until about the time that I was around with a bunch of other people. And then, um, but uh, when when the internet kind of started, um, you know, we were sharing materials via email, um, which until then you had to put in a package and, you know, make copies and, you know, send somewhere. And it would cost hundreds, if not thousands, and sometimes millions of dollars just to send stuff, material. And we figured out a way early on, well before PDF was, was common, a uh, way to make materials and send them around um, the world so we could save millions and millions of dollars. And we used internally project management in order to, you know, in order to keep track of everything that was going on. All that's kind of massively commonplace today. So I've always been kind of looking around for what's that next thing, like what what makes sense. I'm always up for a challenge. You know, somebody says I challenge you to a game of golf or you know, you know, low score wins. Or I, I'm always up for that. I, you know, I I like that. I'm very competitive. And and I when I saw this kind of going around on 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 the various social media apps, I kind of thought, hey, that's kind of cool, but I don't like the fact it's everywhere. It's not in one place and nobody gets to vote on it. Like, who wins? Like, I'm, I challenge you, but who wins? And and who's doing it better? And, I, and, and, and you can't always find it all in one place. So sometimes you miss really great video. People may have entered it and, and they wrote the wrong hashtag. So then you don't see them. And, and I kind of, you know, and I just thought, I think this is the next thing. I think there's, I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I don't in any way, shape, it, think that it's going to be, you know, I, I don't think it's the next TikTok. But I think there are brands that want to connect to their consumers in a more authentic, fun, playful way. You know, fanatic consumers, you know, represent the majority, uh, you know, uh, the the vast majority of sales of a brand, and um, and there's got to be a way to 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 interact with those consumers in a better way and and do it where they have a chance to win some prizes and get some kudos from the brand itself um i also think that you know influencers listen we've had brands throwing money at influencers for years several years now and with the recession the first thing that gets cut are marketing budgets get cut period right people in marketing get cut and marketing budgets get cut which means that a lot of influencers especially you know those that have you know way less than a hundred thousand um, followers they're gonna be making less money because they're not they're not gonna get paid what they were getting paid before and so we've created as part of the app that we've created an, op an opportunity for influencers to make some money you could make a pay to play challenge you can challenge your followers bring them to hype space have them sign in and when they actually enter a challenge, they pay to enter five bucks, 10 bucks. It's whatever the influencer decides is the entry fee. And the influencer gets a, the vast majority of that revenue. Um, and that's a way. And, and the same thing with charities. Charities are always looking for money at every, every moment in time. And, and bless them because they, they, they need the money to, to effectuate what they're, why, why they're a charity. And um, this is another way they can create a pay-to-play challenge as well, and create a, with an entry fee, and um, and they and they will make the vast majority of the money that's collected as well, um, and, um, and and it just it, it feels like a, a really cool opportunity for followers and and donors and consumers to be more connected to their favorite you know brands, influencers, and charities. So I feel like this ties really well into the first topic point that we had. You've kind of already introduced the subject, but could you elaborate on just how just how like how brands can best harness the power of these viral challenges that you're talking about 
in in the actual product marketing phase? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> brands have a personality, um, and in that personality, they're able to connect and communicate with their consumers. And in doing that, they can do that multiple levels. They can do it through traditional advertising. They can do it through print media, outdoor media, right? There's all sorts of opportunities for them to do it. But usually it's talking at the consumer rather than a true interaction. The interaction with a consumer usually only happens when you're in the outlet buying the product, right? Or you're in the app store buying you know, whatever it is that the, that, that the, the brand might be selling through the app store. That's the real interaction. Then you have sweepstakes and promotions, which allow you kind of an opportunity to interact, but usually your promotion is at the point of sale. So when you and the brand, you as the brand are not, you're, you're physically there for somebody to buy it and get, get the part of the promotion, whatever that might be. Or in the sweepstakes, that person is just entering their information into a sweepstakes to see if they win something. It's not real interaction with the brand, right? There's a little bit of that in social media where if you connect to the brand in social media and you're on their 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 page their page and you're you're saying, Hey, I bought the product, it was really cool, thanks a lot. Right? Or you hashtag, hey, I had a problem with that, and then somebody might respond to you, right? That's the interaction. That type of interaction is transactional and not necessarily about building community. And our platform is really about building community where the brand ha takes their personality and build and brings their community to the platform and builds their community on the platform in a way where it is a challenge. They have, they are challenging. So for a brand, they are challenging their, their consumers to participate in this challenge on the platform. And in doing so, the, they're asking the community to create a video that does everything that the challenge asks them to do, whatever that is, in a really creative way, because the way that you win, and while they're not prizes on every single challenge on the platform, if a brand wants to do prizes, they can. And then the way to get the prizes is by you get claps. It's the voting. Everybody can vote once a day for free, no problem. You can buy you can buy sets of ten votes, so you can vote more often, like more and more often if you want. Um, and that's an in-app purchase, and you can do that, but you don't have to. It's not necessary. But the person with the most claps during the time period of the challenge wins the challenge. It's not the person who has the most, you know, three-point shots or does the most push-ups or saves the most money. It's not that. It's the creativity that the person, the consumer, the person puts into the video and then they share it out to their family and friends on their social media and get their family and friends to come back and vote on the platform for them. So the person with the most claps wins the prize. That means creativity, connection, community, interaction. And now with our video interactions, the brand that creates the challenge, that the person that's in that job, that's the the social media manager, coordinator, director, whoever it is that would be managing this this avenue, right, can do a reaction to that consumer. And now there's a face connected to the brand to that consumer. That's cool. That like is. that's something you know. That's something that you don't see very often. And and it's all built around positivity. Like you know, you know, my my kids are they hate when I use that when I when I use them as kind of an example. But they're 21 and 16, and you know they've grown up with the negativity of the pla of of all the social media platforms out there, and they're sick of it too, and they try to avoid it as much as they can. But you know, but they both say the same thing: it's hard to avoid because it's always there. There's always some bad actor or some knucklehead or somebody out there that just can't help themselves. They're scorpions. And what does a scorpion do? It just zaps you because that's what a scorpion does. What do you think he was going to do? Right. So um, so to know that the entire platform is moderated, every single piece of video is seen by a human and approved before it's ever made live. So the platform is almost live. It's it's like tape delayed, if you will. 
You know, it's got a, it's got a few few seconds of a delay, but somebody's always viewing and approving or rejecting the video. You know, and and we are hopeful that nothing will get through. Something will probably get through at some point, but we're hopeful. But we we monitor everything, and because we want to just we want to keep it safe. We want we want the brands, the influencers, the charities, the parents. You know, anybody who's you know using the platform, and 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 consumers and followers and donors and. And everybody using the platform, we want them to be protected. We we want it to be fun. We don't want anybody to to be grilled here or bullied or none of that. That's awesome. So it sounds like the the way I would describe this essentially is it sounds like it's it's kind of gamifying brand interaction. And I really like the fact that you get an actual prize for competing in this because that doesn't really exist as I've seen it in the sense that I mean typically you're you're competing in these challenges and things and it really is just to do it it's just to to engage in it and be part of a trend really and hope that your video takes off and gets some views and helps you grow but there's not really any kind of prize typically i could see i could see people really really putting a lot of creativity in to try to get a prize well we i i i I hope you're right that's exactly what we're i mean that's the that's the bet, right? I mean, that's the bet we've placed um, by building this and, and building it in this particular way. You know, more every, every day, you know, because of the phones that we have, we have the ability to be creators. Everybody has an ability to be a creator. Not everybody's really into all the creator tools and making it, you know, amazing and great, but there's enough people out there that, that do that and, more, and people that get better at it every day. And, um, um, we wanted it to be playful. We wanted it to the, the gamification of it is really is really so that it's not a one and done, right? That you put up your video and you're done, right? That gives you a little more to do, gives you a little more to interact with, and it, you know these video reactions gives the brand or who you know whoever created it or anybody who's watching those videos the chance to say, hey, I I love what you're doing. It's really cool. Thank you for entertaining me for 30 seconds. You know, it was very cool. Like, you, you know, you obviously are really smart or, you know, you obviously are really, you know, you're, you, you can really do whatever it is you're, that you're doing. Like, that's kind of cool. You know, people that lifting each other up and saying thank you and, and, and saying you're doing great and I love what you're doing. There's not enough of that in the world. And it's this very cool exchange where a, the brand is offering this prize, right? But they're also in exchange for this prize, getting a very creative and cool advertisement that they can use for their brand. So it's it's kind of I mean, it helps. Yeah, pair. I mean, there's rules around it, but yeah, a- absolutely. But what they're really getting is, you know, brands brands don't really necessarily know exactly who their best consumers are. You know, unless they're they're selling all their stuff off of the off of a website, like unless there's a direct connection all the time to the consumer, right? And not every not every product or service is sold that way, right? So, so not every product or service knows exactly who their best most fervent friends are. So this is a way to find them out. This is a way to create new ones. This is the way to engage them. This is a way to cultivate them. I mean, all, you know, all those things you can think of and, 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 and it can be an add on, you know, the challenge doesn't have to be in and of itself that nothing else is going on. You could, you could have a, a, you know, since the Super Bowl is coming up in three, three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is that, um, uh, you know, you can have a Super Bowl program going on that you're going to do this whole marketing campaign around that, but you could actually, part of that could be a challenge where you're where you're really interacting with your with your your fan base um you know and influencers kind of know who their fervent fans are but you'll really know who your fervent fans are when you you do a pay-to-play challenge because those are the ones that are going to come out of the you know those if, if they're willing to pay to be connected to you you know to give you money like that's pretty cool you know that that's pretty cool and um and 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 I think there's you know th- this is you know in the end the backbone of this is you know it's marketing technology I mean this is 
that social media managers and brand managers and marketing managers should be able to use list in order to actually, you know, get a better handle on, you know, who their consumers are and what they want and what they're interested in. And, and, and again, to be better connected to them and, and, you know, it's going to work for some brands and it's not going to work for other brands, you know? Um, but, but again, I, I think it'll, it'll foster a community of, of creativity and, and connection. And I like and, your and points you say, about, I like your points about, the fact that brands don't really know who their most fervent and best customers are. And this, another thing that this will definitely do for them is it'll, it'll show, I mean, it's depending on the amount of submissions that they get for a particular challenge. Every submission is just another example of how one of their best customers uses and thinks about their product or service. So it's just real time, like detailed customer data on exactly how their product or service is thought about. It makes a yep. lot of sense. And and some of that video may lead to different thought process on, you know, what should, you know, what should their publicity campaign be or what should their, you know, what should their next creative campaign should be because they might they'll 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 see some interesting they'll they'll definitely see some interesting ways that they can, who who those consumers are, what they're about, how they use it, you know, where does it fall in the world that, you know, in their world and that kind of thing and and um in the end, we all have to buy products and services in order to live, to, to live our lives on a daily basis or, you know, whatever. And, and you know, some of those brands deserve our, you know, our, our connection and our, our and our loyalty. And some don't. And, you know, this is we'll also find out that, you know, there are some brands where people just don't want to be connected to them. But yet they're, you know, they have to be for whatever reason. I think um any any brand once you get this live any brand that's a product should steal this idea i think a funny use of it could be like the challenge could literally just be submit your funniest take on how to use our product the wrong way and everyone just submits using it the wrong way i think that would be funny that's a, I, I think that's funny it could also lead to a lot of problems but uh, that's true but depending on what the product <laughs> is but yeah i, I mean you know, look, you know, or the most innovative use of the product, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you might, you know, you might see, uh, you know, a potato chip bag that actually holds up, you know, that, that actually is at the end of a bookcase holding up books rather than being opened, right? So um, who knows, you know, but yeah, it would be fun, right? You definitely see some cool, you definitely see some funny stuff. And that's kind of part yeah. of it is, you know, we all, we all need to laugh and, and laugh until we cry is is the best medicine in, in the world as far as I'm concerned. And if we can, if we can help to generate more laughter and more laughing while you're crying or, or la- crying while you're laughing, I think that would be great. I love that. So, uh, so pivoting a little bit in the discussion here, one thing you've had a lot of different marketing, kind of strategic marketing experience in your career. It sounds like I'm kind of curious cause I, I'm just very into marketing myself. What are maybe like the top three universal truths or principles of marketing that you would say you've learned over the course of being in marketing in your career? Well, I don't know if I could narrow it down to three, but I'll try. Um, or whatever you know, whatever the, number the, makes the, sense to you. <laughs> well, I mean, look, the number one thing that number one thing about marketing is like you have to you you have to be marketing the right product at the right time to the right person. Otherwise, you're 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 talking in the wind and nobody's listening to you and so and that 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 then is a waste of money um i think that you know you have to have you have to have a product that people need want or think they need or think they want right because otherwise the chances of them actually buying it is slim to none um you have to market it at a moment in time where they're apt to either remember the product service or, or, or what it what it is that you're advertising um, or that they can buy it at that time um, and then finally it has to be priced appropriately for what it is and um, because you, you can't sell you know you you can't sell a notebook or a pen for a million dollars because why would you buy that what's the point of that right but you also can't sell a car for a hundred dollars because there's no value in that. What's, what, 
a car that's worth a hundred dollars, like you're not going to buy it because you know it's going to fall apart. And somebody's going to sell it for a hundred dollars because it cost them a lot more to make it than that. So you, you got to. So it's got to be. It, it's got to be the right product, to the right players at the right time. So I think that's that's definitely one. I think that, however it is that you're trying to sell the product, whatever that is, or service, whatever it is, you have to connect on an emotional level to the consumer. You can connect through funny. Funny's okay. But you got to connect in a way that it's funny, positive, and this will make your life better. Whatever it is. Um, that's super important. And, um, and if you can do that simply... Um, it's even better. I love that. That's awesome. And you kind of gave me another question that popped into my mind there. Another thing that I've kind of observed about uh, just kind of hearing about what you've done and talking to you a little bit off air is that you've been a part of some brand launches, some really successful brand launches and startup launches. I'm curious what you think are some of the biggest principles of just building an effective brand. What works in brand development? and just longevity to a brand that you've observed? Building a successful brand takes time, money, tenacity, determination, perseverance, a little bit of crazy. Um, and, and again, you gotta have that right product. Sometimes people, you know, sometimes people have a great product and service and they just don't put enough time and effort into it. It's not that it's not that it's not working. It's just not working yet, and and you don't have enough time to make it work or enough money, and you know enough money saved in order to keep it going. Um, you know, I, I look at like you know, there uh, three weeks ago, um, there was the influence of the TikTok influencer Keith Lee, who had done a who had done a video for us just the month before, um, really really lovely and wonderful and we were thrilled to to have him do something for us um he did he did a a, a review of this uh wing play in vegas and he loved the food and he did he did a food review and last i saw you know within like you know 35 million people had seen it and all of a sudden there was a line down the block and but the person who owned this restaurant was soon like like they weren't making any money nobody was coming you know that there's that moment in time like do you keep at it or you just pack up and go away and serendipity reared its you know beautiful its beautiful face and keith lee showed up and did a review and now they've got a viable business you know hopefully it'll sustain but you know a lot of it is you know there is a serendipity and a timing that comes with everything um but building a brand you know you know right right name right logo right per you know right media buy right pr company right product like there's a lot of stuff that comes with it it's not there there is not a for there, there is not a formula because there's a little bit of pixie dust that comes with it to make it to make it really take off so i think a lot of that really tells me that you, you have to have a good founder, obviously, for for a successful brand to work and to really be able to put all of those pieces in place at the right time, the right way, and to sustain that. Having observed probably a lot of different founders of startups and brands and products and services during your career, what are some attributes that you would be looking for in someone that you think has that ability that it factor to continuously figure it out and adapt the right way and and get it done and and ride that wave like what what kind of person does it take to do that right i think you just said it i think you said it really well you know you know, curiosity you gotta you gotta don't be satisfied with the answers right don't i, I constantly restless in a good way um, um, constantly questioning in a good way. Um, you don't want to undermine people or belittle them or, or micromanage people. You don't want to do that, right? You just want, you want to, you want to motivate them and control them to, and, and to, to 
to not accept the status quo, to to not accept the results that they've got, that they're good results. Now, could you do better? And not 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 accusatorily, but but could you do better? Like, and what would that be? Um, you have to be you. This is my fourth startup. Um, you have to be ready. You have to be ready for everything. Ooh, I like um, that point. Dyna- dynamically flexible. Um, because things change, especially with startups, is things change on a dime. You know, your your lead investor one day can, you know, change their mind the next. And then what do you do? Right? You got five, you got 15 people behind you in office space and, you know, but what do you do? Right? And, you know, people, you know, people change their minds. Um, but, I, I, you know, flexibility. Be a listen. Like I, the the one thing one thing I do as much as I can is listen. Um. Because you never know what you're going to hear. If you if you don't hear it, if if you don't hear it because you're talking, then you're missing something. Um. So I think listening is listening is really important. But um, you have to have a. Somebody, the the person at the helm has to have the vision of what it is, of what it is and where it's going, and and how. And they may not know how to do it, right? They they may not be technically, um, um, what's the right word, um, knowledgeable, I suppose. But they need to know where they're going, and then hire the right people. Um, so a, a lot of team, you know, a lot of times it's like being a coach, right, of a of a of a professional team, right. Is that you're putting all these players together, and sometimes you got a great brand, and you have a great idea and a great product, but it's just not working because all the team players don't fit together, and that happens. You know, I, in in the film and in the film and television business, about you know every year there's probably four or five, maybe six movies that are just pure magic, and the same thing with the TV shows, and then everything else is categorized, you know, from unbelievably like really really good or you know, to good, to eh, to ah, eh, to oh, and or worse, and you know, but there's only that's there's only those those are the very there's only half a dozen or so at the very top that are really amazing, and it, that's that's the team, the team you put together. So you know, if anything, be patient, you know, and and be a coach and and put the right players together, but have that vision. I think uh, you made so many great points there. One thing that kind of came to mind as you were talking about putting the right team together is, uh, and you said this is your fourth startup, so I I think you'd probably have some unique insight on this. What are some of the things that you think go into just um, building a culture that will allow for for that kind of team to form? What do you you think... uh, a founder and a leader needs to do to be able to stimulate a culture that creates that magic. I think the leader has to be that culture. I think the leader has to be, I mean, if you want, if you want people to be open and honest, then you have to be open and honest. If you want people to be, you know, to, to be self-deprecating and, you know, or, or to, or to be on it, then you have to be you have to be that you you have to exemplify it you can't you can't it's not do as i say and not as i do right so that that doesn't work um so and and i think being kind is probably the the best thing you can do i have um i have seen sorry the light is coming from the overhead light but um you're good uh or the overhead or from the window but um i've seen so many founders and so many like you know senior level you know CEOs and EVPs and presidents who were complete knuckleheads, and you know, and I say that you know without using any other language, but I mean just knuckleheads, and you and we all know them, we've seen it, and and you're like, how did they get that job? And you know, why are they still in that job? And now it's you know it's a little different now. Employees just aren't taking the you know the 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 lumps that they used to take, and. Um, so, um, you know, so I think that, you know, senior leaders have to be very conscious of, 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 who, of, who, of, of the way that they're acting. Um, but I, I'm just a firm believer that if, if you want whatever the culture is that you want, whatever that is, 
you just have to be that. And if, because if you're that and it starts with you and then everybody else kind of follows, you know, to it's it certainly in the nucleus. And if the nucleus can can be that, then it can stretch out to all the other, you know, the other layers of employees. Um, and it has the best chance of operating that way. That really stuck with me, just that you to be a good leader, you have to exemplify the traits that you're looking to see in your team. I, yeah. I think that's as simple as that. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, just a note we had from talking off air is talking a little bit about some of these new apps that are coming out and social media based apps like Be Real. Uh, that's one that I had mentioned to you off air is one yeah. I, I've really used a lot over the past year, however long it's been since it first came out. Um, yeah. And I. I wanted to ask you just what you think it is that drives people to apps like that in such droves, and why why is an app like Be Real making such waves and working so well? It has a. I think it's because it's a different way of thinking, right? It's not an app that you're using, you know, two hours a day, an hour a day, thirty minutes a day. You're using it for you know a couple of minutes. That's it, right? On a daily basis. But I could live with that. I can live with that kind of app. It doesn't. It's not too onerous of what I have to do as the as a participant, right? And the app itself isn't so demanding of my uh, of my of my time. That's not bad, right? And and I'm not sure what I really get out of it, but I kind of like the idea. Like, what is everybody doing at that moment in time? Like within that short period of time, what are they really doing? And the question is really: Are they really doing that, or did they? Did they film that ahead of time and they're just waiting for it? Like, I, I don't know, right? I mean, there's all sorts of, I'm sure there's ways around it. But uh, but I like that idea. I, I, I kind of like that idea. You know, there's something positive about it. There's something not demeaning about it and not derogatory. And and uh, uh, and, and, and again, it doesn't take a lot of my time. And I, I, I think that I think that as we move forward, you know, when we were talking just before we got on, you know, if you kind of look at the app world as, especially social media, that you know, it's kind of an adolescence phase. I mean, I know Facebook started in like 05, 04, whatever it was. And, and um, so, but you know, in 2023, that makes it 18, right? So it's a young adult, right? It doesn't really have, you know, it can't buy a beer, right? <laughs> it can vote, it can go into the army, but it can't buy a beer. And, you know, so if you think about it that way, you know, as it's kind of, st it's not quite an adult, it, you know, you know, I mean, there are some 18 year olds who are super responsible and authoritative and, and intelligent and, and, but most 18 year olds, you know, you're 18, you know, your job is to still have fun and be a kid and, and, and not be that adult yet. But so if we kind of look at, you look at social media as an 18 year old at, at best, right? You know, that 18 year old needs a little, little, needs a little parenting. And, and I think there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of people, I mean, you and I haven't had this conversation, but maybe even including yourself, like, you know, you grew up with some of these social media sites and wow, really wish I hadn't gone on that day because the stuff I saw and the stuff I heard and things people say to each other and, you know, or it happens, you know, 50% of the time or 60% of the time, you just don't want to see it. And I think that, I think, I think things are going to change, you know, and, and I, and I, and I truly think that, you know, Congress is going to step in at some point in time and and put some guardrails up just because they're going to need to at some point. The question is what will be the execution of those guardrails? But you know somebody's going to and it's going to become successful because you can't. There, free speech is one thing, but there's there there's there's a whole another thing when it comes to like these bad actors and trolls and moles and nasty people and just you know there's scorpions out there because they're scorpions and you know sometimes you just don't want the scorpions on your social media app so um so i, th I think i think we're going to start to see more social media type apps like the be reels of where it's moderated and and it's more slice and time and not this open textual box say whatever the hell you want and um so i i think those things are going to kind of i i think it's i think it's slowly changing I'm not sure I answered your question, but no, that uh, it, I, it's emotional filled. That 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 whole question is really emotional filled. It is, yeah. I mean, it's a it was a very open ended question. I think one thing that I really picked out of that that I think is a huge part of it is just the positivity thing. There's uh, 
a lot of the yeah. ways that some of these social media apps and platforms work as it stands right now is they leave themselves so open to so much negativity. And I think you're seeing a lot of the ones that have those focuses on positive attributes and positive interactions in different ways. You're seeing those really succeed. I think I, I really like what you're doing with hype space and really trying to encourage that. How Thank how you. does the moderation it. work? That seems like a that seems like such a difficult foray and such a, a difficult thing to undertake. And I, I think it's a, a really good idea, but how does that actually work in practice? Because it seems like it'd be difficult to implement. It's it's a big piece of our business, um, and and what we um, ultimately um, have to do to to maintain the integrity of our platform. Um, um, and when everybody signs up, you sign up to terms and conditions and, and community standards. Um, and if it doesn't, if, if what you upload doesn't meet our community standards, it just gets rejected and it's never seen. So, uh, um, uh, they're really good people. I think the majority of people really just want to have fun and get by with their lives and enjoy themselves and leave everybody else alone and just want to like, they just want to have fun. And, and I think that's, I think that's, those are the members that we're going to wind up with hype space ultimately. Um, but, um, but we've, so, so every piece of content that's uploaded sits in kind of a, a waiting room, if you will. And in the waiting room, um, in come our, our humans who view every piece of content that sits in the waiting room, the, the room that where, where it wants, it wants to be seen live. And, um, and you know, it's 30 second video, minute long video. So we can look at everything fairly quickly. We can make a decision if in the end there's a question, it goes up to a higher level of authority and somebody, a supervisor and somebody else takes a look at it. And if every, and, and if that person, you know, if that supervisor believes that it's all right, then on it goes. Um, so as long as it, you know, if it's ticked off and it says approved, then it's made live right away. So the upload, you know, 30 seconds takes about 30 seconds to be uploaded. It's now available to somebody to watch for 30 seconds. And assuming that, you know, or a minute. So it's within, you know, one, two, three minutes at most that it's made live. So that's about the lag time of something from it being uploaded to it being live is maybe at the most three minutes, maybe. That's actually really good. That that lag time, that's uh, that's less than I would have guessed. And I it gives me one question. Why do you think um, I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a new take on how it should be done versus just being uploaded and potentially moderated or taken down later. Why do you think that hasn't been done yet? Money. Number of people it takes to actually do that. The kind of division you have to build out in order to do that, to make it work. Um, I, I also think that there's this idea, I, I think when it first started, and it made sense. I mean, when it, when, 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 um, when the social media sites are, I can actually get away from the light now. <laughs> I, I was just um, gonna say, you're doing your best to escape so it. I do my best to get it, otherwise it'd be <laughs> directly my face and I'm gonna be blown out in a minute. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, I think, I think when the social media sites really started, it was that idea that, you know, we're gonna take on big media and we can show big media that, that it can be done a different way. And and they weren't wrong, right? They, they really weren't wrong. Um, but I think now that, you know, the Facebook and the Instagrams of the world and the TikToks and, and such and all the others that are that are that massive, they've become the big media of the time. And, and now that big media wants to kind of throw its hands up and go, hey, it's not us. It's the people. It's like, OK, great. And, uh, you know, it's like you're still allowing it to happen. And 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 mind you, let's let's also like there there are we don't hear about this. But there is, there are several thousand people at Facebook that comb the recesses of Facebook for nasty, horrible stuff. And they do that every minute of their job, every day, every week, every, like, I mean, that, those jobs, I mean, I feel for those people. I mean, our content moderators, you know, I'm going to, you know, hopefully they're never going to see stuff like that. But, you know, but I, I feel for them that, that, you know, they see some nasty stuff and, you know, and, and I know they get burned out. So, 
but why it's not kind of done before it's made live I, I don't know I don't have the answer to that I, I suppose if I had the answer to that you and I would be talking about some massive social media site that that I was that I was running um, I'm not there yet um, soon but uh, uh, I, I would hope that uh, I would hope that one day they get there, but I think it's because they were built on a different strategy, and they're now sitting on top of that strategy, which has been very effective for them. But that also comes with there's all this nasty stuff there now. What? Why don't you do something about it? And I think they're all trying to do something about it. The question is, how much do you do? How much um, media control and stifling do you do when you built your foundation on? you know, open and free speech. Yeah. It brings up a lot of good questions. Yeah. Now I want to be respectful of your time and also dodge the sun here as much as we can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were able to escape it at least a little bit, but um, I'll go ahead and kind of serve you up these, these last couple of questions that I have so we can kind of get into that. Um, you got it. So we had talked about these a little bit off air, but I'll go ahead and kind of go back through these uh, the first question that I have for you, the first repeat question is, if you could go back in time and talk to a younger Randy as you were first getting into the the social media and app development space, first kind of maybe first thinking of hype space, just having the, the wisdom and the knowledge that you have, having gotten into the experience a little bit, what are a couple things that you would tell them to do differently getting started out? Um there were there were moments several moments well before like years before i actually did this where um where i kind of thought yeah, kind of an interesting idea like should i do something with it you know and i was a little lazy about it and in hindsight i shouldn't have been so lazy about it i should have jumped i should have been more respectful of my You know, it sounds awful. Uh, respectful of my intelligence. I mean, that just sounds awful the way they came out. But but kind of like my thought process that, hey, I'm, I'm not so off base. Um, there's some merit to that. And you should go do that. And uh, I wish I had done it earlier. Just I'm so jump glad on the opportunity. And, you know what? and timing, timing is everything. So maybe had I done it earlier, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met up with all the people that, that, that I'm currently working with or the investors, that I, the, the, you know, the, the main investor that I have now, like, you know, it'd be totally different. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased with where I'm at. So again, I think timing, serendipity and timing, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge believer of the right time and right place. Um, I've kind of grown up my life since I was about, I think in third grade, I've kind of always had these moments of deja vu, like, wait a second, I've seen this before. And when I, and when I, when I get that, I'm like, it makes me feel really comfortable because I'm like, oh, or not comfortable, but it, it solidifies it, it solidifies my thinking like, oh, I'm in the right place at the right time. Um, so I, I think maybe a little bit of that. I, I think the other thing that that I had a, okay, so you, you'll love this. So I'm not sure I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyhow. <laughs> um, back in 2005, I was doing a consultancy for, for uh, Vin Diesel. And um, he had a movie that he that he owned, that he had a big part of. And I had worked Fast on, and Furious. Um, I had worked on the original Fast and Furious with. Oh, this is after that. I'd worked on the original Fast and Furious with him as the as the lead in International, and and then I worked on Too Fast, Too Furious, and and um, uh, but I was I was working with him, and uh, like 2005 or so, and he said, "Have you heard of this thing called Facebook?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend. A friend of a friend works there. I heard of this, and I know it's again. You know, you were you were a kid." And like little, and um, Vin said to me, "I want to be the biggest celebrity on Facebook." And I literally said, "Why do you want to do that?" And he said, "Because then I can talk directly to my fans." And and I thought, "Huh?" Like I, I didn't get it. I, I I didn't get it. He was so and I and I and I teach a class at UCLA called the business or the business of entertainment at UCLA Extension. I teach it in the spring and in the fall. And I tell I tell my students the first day that that all the time. I tell them the same thing. I was so wrong. Vin Diesel was so right. <laughs> Vin, if you're listening, I you you were so right. I was so wrong. I'm an idiot. 
and uh, this is going to um, be the opener to the podcast, and, by and, the way. And he <laughs> um, he was uh, so smart, and and I wish I I wish I'd have listened more back then. Yeah, wow, what a what a insight to have so early on. I mean, he's obviously has had an incredible career. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, the other question I have for you, so the show is called Profession Session, and I like to talk about professions because there's so many different types of professions. You're a great example of that because you've worked in numerous different areas through kind of the lens of marketing and, and, um, and branding and some other things. But really, I like to ask the question, uh, what does it mean to you personally to be a professional? That's a really good question, bro. Um, Thanks. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody has ever asked me that. Everyone's um, got a different perspective on it. You know, it, no, but it's it's it, it's a really good one. Um, I think you know that there's something about doing a job well. There's something about being a good person. There's something about being, God, again, this sounds awful in my head, being smart enough to do the job you're supposed to do um, and doing the job smart. There's something about showing up and being there. There's something about doing it ethically and, 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 appropriately there's something about not you know it's somebody else's problem not mine there's something about not you know it's 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 my problem not theirs that's being professional you know no matter what job it is it's like show up do what you're supposed to do do it with a good attitude you know be friendly be kind and and give it everything you got leave it all out in the field right when you go to work like leave it there don't you know don't you know and we all know it we go home we're like i didn't do anything today you know it's such an easy day and we brag about it to our friends right i would never do that but but we brag about it to our friends like i didn't really do anything today you know and i got paid for it like you know well that's not cool you know you know yeah businesses you know take advantage of us as employees but our job is still to do the job. And if we don't do the job, that's why we get let go, right? Or if the job isn't necessary to the company anymore, that's why you get let go. And 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 jobs, companies expand and contract all the time. I mean, you're looking at it now, you know, all of those 10,000, 12,000 jobs at Google and Microsoft that, you know, whatever it was in the last couple of days that they gotten rid of, all those jobs were really super important when they started with them. Yeah. But they're just not necessary now. They're not big enough or they don't bring in enough money or that division doesn't like something isn't in, as important enough now. But when you're doing that job, it's still important. Right. And you still got to do the job. Even if you get let go, it's like if you gave everything to the employee and you were professional, then guess what? Everybody around you saw that. And the moment you get let go, your phone's going to ring before then. Hey, I heard. Right. So I think that's what professional for being a professional means to me. I don't think it's a you know, I, I don't think it's a certificate or a degree. I think it's your attitude and I think it's what you bring to the game. Yes, there are professions where you have to have a certificate or, or a lot like, you know, being a lawyer, right, or a CPA or things like that. But, you know, once you once you have the prerequisites that are required, right, you can still be a knucklehead CPA or a knucklehead lawyer. We've all seen them. But when you go to work, do the job. Do the job you're supposed to do. Be respectful of the money that you're getting. Like what you may not like the money you're getting it may not be enough for you. Right. But somebody's paying you that they don't have to they could fire you right if you don't like the job leave unemployment's like 3.6 percent like you know that's basically almost full employment yes i know people are losing their jobs and i'm really sorry about that like i i'm i'm i'm, I'm hopeful that everybody finds a job but there's a lot of job openings like if you don't like a job go somewhere where where you like it you know we spend five out of seven days a week 
the best hours of the day, lights on, the lights out, right? The best hours of the day doing it, you like, don't make it a four letter word. Like, make it fun. You know, do something that you enjoy. I mean, you know, Brody, it's exactly, it's like I asked you, it's like, you know, here, I'm going to ask you, it's like, why do you do this? Why are you doing this? It's fun. I love it. I have a blast doing it continuously. And it's, uh, it's, really hard and it's really challenging and it's really time consuming and it it can be draining at times but it's really fulfilling because of all those things and in the end if you you know serendipity comes you know and this blows up for you then it becomes the job you know you know and then it doesn't feel like a job and that i mean friends of mine ask me why'd you go in the entertainment business because you know what it doesn't really feel like a job yeah, you know, you know, but the fun, like a lot of the fun part of, you know, here, here's one for you. Here's a little insight to me. A lot of the fun part about being a producer is kind of the legal aspect. I'm not a lawyer, but I've done enough business affairs over the last 20 years that I think like a lawyer, and I can, I can, I can do the verbiage of a lawyer. I'm just, not, I'm not a lawyer. I don't practice as a lawyer at all, but I can, I can negotiate in paper a little bit, and I always work with a lawyer. But it's the fun part. I actually like it. Like. My parents are both rolling over their graves saying, I told you so. I told you you should have been a lawyer. And they were right. <laughs> right. Because it, it, it's the fun part of the job. If you can find something that's fun, profession doesn't seem so onerous and it just seems fun. And, and you know, but that's what I, I it, you're showing up and being full of integrity and 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 being mindful that you do that. You're supposed to do the job you're supposed to do. I love that. That was that was um, maybe the most expanded upon answer I've ever heard, and that was you kind of covered the whole thing. It's an amalgamation of so many things, and it. I think the best way you described it is boiling it down to it's not a degree or a certificate; it's your attitude and the way you approach it. I love that. Yeah, totally. Randy, um, is there anything else that you would want to kind of share with the audience before we part ways here? Yeah, I mean, do something you love. And you don't have to love it forever, right? I mean, we're living longer than we've ever lived. And, you know, and industries are changing so fast and the world is changing so fast. And, you know, that, you know, but if you can love something, you know, if you can love it and do it for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and then you change to something else, good for you. you know, and when I grew up, you know, you know, it was always about, you know, get the job and stick with it for 35 plus years and you get the gold watch and the retirement package. And then, of course, while we were doing that, all the retirement packages went away and there's there's no such thing as retirement anymore. I mean, for most people. Um, so, you know, so you got to take care of yourself and put money away. Here's the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of pieces of advice because I give to my kids too. live on half your salary. I know you're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Like. Whatever it is, whatever your salary is, if you can live on half your salary, live on half your salary. Invest the other half. At some point in time, you're going to grow up and you're going to be 40 or, or more. And at some point in time, you're not going to want to have to take a job because you have to take a job. The only way to do that is to be financially independent. And the only way to be financially independent is to not spend money. Spend it on what you need to, not what you want. So if you can live on half your salary and you can do it for 10 years, 15 years, until you're 40, until you're 38, whatever it is, then I promise you the fruits of the, the fruits of those labors will show up in a bank account on an investment spreadsheet where you'll have money and you won't have to worry about the job that you have to take. And, uh, and I tell my kids that. Yes. The clock doesn't stop for any of us. And it only gets harder as you get older, you're going to, you're all going to be my age someday, right? Whether you, you know, most of you will make it. Some of you, you know, it's just, there's a law of averages here that, but most of you will make it to my age or older. And you're, and, and as you get older, it just gets more difficult to make money. I mean, yeah, you can always find a job for 20 bucks an hour, but 20 bucks an hour is going to pay the bills in many places, right? If you want it, 20 bucks an hour is cool. Great. Awesome. But save as much money as you can, put it away, invest, do the right things. 
and then you don't have to worry about the job that you take. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. And if you learned anything or enjoyed this video or podcast, don't forget to subscribe here on YouTube where all of our other interviews can be found. We can also be found on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as all the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. So find us anywhere, follow, like, comment, leave us a review on any podcast platforms that you enjoy. And if you know anyone that you think would be a great fit to be on the show, get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here on Profession Session.